Hi everybody, this is Wit from Spiderbait. When I'm passing through Karam, aside from slowing down to 50 kilometres an hour and reminisces about doing the Eel Race Road Rumba or the Watley Street Wiggle, I like to tune in to Radio Karam and get down with the good vibes. What you know about rolling down in the deep When your brain goes numb You can call that mental freeze When these people talk too much Put that shit in slow motion, yeah I feel like an astronaut in the ocean, ay What you know about rolling down in the deep When your brain goes numb You can call that mental freeze When these people talk too much Put that shit in slow motion, yeah I feel like an astronaut in the ocean Okay Episode four of the Hard Cuddle Show. We've got a special guest today, Ali Daly. Um, how I met Ali was through a mutual friend at the beach, and I gave her a big hug and instantly knew she had a story. Um, I confirmed that with the person that introduced us. And the other day, I went down to the beach and was was lucky enough to meet Ali, and um, we ended up chatting for about 40, 50 minutes and it just flew. So I asked Ali if she'd come on the Hard Cuddles podcast and uh, she, um, yeah, she said yes. So we're very lucky to have her today. Hi, Ali. How are you going? Very well. And we've also got Simi Leota. G'day. And Danny Cassetti. Hello. 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 All right, Ali, start from the beginning. Where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in Scoresby. Right. And what school did you go to? I first of all went to Scoresby Primary and then I went to um, St. Joey's All Boys School. Okay, where was St. Joey's? Ferntree Gully. Ferntree Gully. And yeah. how was school for you? A bit of a nightmare. Wiley. Well, yeah. obviously, growing up um, being transgender, but back in those times, we there was nothing around about it. Um, not being able to fit in, sort of <coughs> wanting to sort of be able to play with one group of people, but you're not allowed to. You're sort of supposed to play with the other group, and and so being forced to constantly conform to, I guess, a societal norm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, what age did you know, Ali, that you wanted to be a woman? Um. I think I knew from a very young age. I used to, before I even understood that you could possibly change, mm. um, for me, I used to sort of go to bed at the night time and often sort of, when I say pray, sort of we were a bit of a Catholic household, but not ultra-religious, but you sort of jump into bed and go, fuck, I just want to wake up tomorrow morning and be a girl. And just sort of wish that just often go to bed thinking this is a nightmare and they're going to wake up from it the next day and it's all going to be right. So How old are you? Um, that was probably, probably started from being able to really be conscious about it, maybe about seven-ish. Wow. What, what era are we talking about? Like Time frame? Uh, so uh, I was born in the 70s, okay. so it would have been probably, yeah, it would have been either the very late, uh, very start of the 80s, probably around that, that time frame. Mm. Mm. Incredible. Um, okay, so from there, did you get teased at school? Yeah, look, obviously um, 
you, you don't belong to one group or another sort of so obviously the boys are all off playing with the boys and the girls are playing with the girls and you're trying to play with the girls but you don't fit in you're not sort of because you're seen as a boy so you've got to go play with the boys but then you don't really fit in with the boys because you're mm. not really the same as them so you sort of become a little bit of an outcast and you're constantly or i was try- constantly trying to sort of fit in but not knowing really how to fit in so you're trying to be something what everybody thinks you're, you're trying to play this part but not really knowing how to play it playing a part wow um, were you a feminine boy or a masculine boy? Um, I think that's an interesting sort of question. Like, I think there's elements that I was quite feminine, mm. but then there was us that I could be quite masculine as well. But I think the masculine aspect was more of the facade, mm. the performance, the fitting in element rather than the true aspect. Yeah. Did anyone pick up anyone pick up on it? Um, obviously, by the time I got to high school, yes, I started sort of getting teased and um, being sort of either get called that you're going to be a fag or something like that, mm-hmm. gay. Um, my parents started sort of picking up on it and saying things like about basically being gay or something of the sort, and and I'm like, I'm not gay. I don't <laughs> Um, so it was a really bit of a confusing time. Okay. Um, so I'm glad you brought mum and dad into it. Um, what do you, what were your parents like and were they supportive? Like, describe your parents first. Mm, that's a really interesting, um, probably loaded one of that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the household I grew up in was really dysfunctional. A lot of abuse from both parents. So both of them were emotionally abusive and physically abusive, um, both parents. And then the more that I, I guess, wasn't conforming, I get the greater the abuse became. Um, so yeah, it was. It wasn't a supportive household in that regards. Mm. Got a question. Um, <laughs> so um, did, were there certain times when you? sort of maybe played sports or just to sort of get a little bit of um, sort of not tension but love from the dad or for expectations and um, I tried playing sport I sort of joined the footy thing at, and I think I lasted about one game yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I hated it and I'm like nah don't want to do this um, so yeah um, so I just didn't yeah no, that's cool no, I was because I have a gay son, and yeah. and and so um, when we talked about it, um, um, his journey through his um, sexuality, um, he he told me that I didn't want to play rugby, Dad. Yeah, yeah, I just did it because uh, I thought you'd love me more. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So did you? Um, oh, that's why I asked the question. What, did you do it so well not so much so sports not in that regards but my father was a martial arts instructor so I did martial arts growing up and um, yeah definitely tried to sort of vie for his attention and but didn't succeed at that so then I thought like well screw this 
minus or like it sort of almost became a thing where um, I got more attention if I was screwing up yeah. than if I was doing the right yeah. thing. So it's sort of, I think as a kid, like any attention is good attention. Yeah. Mm. So, um, yeah. Oh. That's a very good point, Ali. Very, very on fire, really. Um, so I understand you, around the ages of 13, you were f- friends with a very infamous person. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, I went to, um, after getting kicked out of St. Joey's. What did you get kicked out for, Ali? <laughs> what did you do? You cut it. Well, obviously, I, I got sent to an all-boys school and I did not like it one bit and um, I wanted out of there. And I tried a few things to get myself... I asked, obviously, that I didn't want to go there. My parents were, no, you're going. Yeah. Um, and... Um, so then I, tr- I was basically just screwing up, I was playing up, and the antics got greater and greater, and <laughs> and I still couldn't get myself expelled. I'd let off fire extinguishers, set off sm- like the fire alarms. I'd done, you name it, and I'd just get detentions and all sorts of things. So then one day I'm like, all right, well, I'll set fire to my locker. Yep. So I set fire to the locker and... Um, bit of arson. Yeah, a bit of arson, mm, and yeah. managed to get expelled after that. That will do it. <laughs> Were there brothers at that school? No, no, I've got an older sister, and my brother's like five years younger. So okay. So she went to a different school, and yeah. And what were they? How, how have they been with um, with your life, Ali? I think they find it difficult. Yeah. They don't understand it. So I think that's the same for a lot of people. A lot of people don't understand what it's sort of like. They look at somebody like myself and think that it's a choice or it's a sexual preference or something like that and they can't wrap their head around it. Okay. Yeah. I guess just jumping in there for myself, I know bugger all about it. So that's why we had a 40-minute conversation and I said, come on here because I didn't walk away going, oh, I've got it now. I walked away going, I know a little bit more than I did before. Yeah. And I'm keen to understand it more because... Uh, similar to Simi, I've got a sibling that's gay and he had a hell of a time. And this was, um, yeah, the 2000s. He still still was finding it tough. So um, I guess I'm just a curious person by nature and I want to understand things. And that's a healthy thing to be curious mm. and, and open-minded. Um, I think a lot of people um, have already made up their mind on what something is or they've sort of they've got a limited knowledge and that's all they to think anything more is uncomfortable mm. so um but yeah mm. so over to dan you went to dandy ah oh, yes yes <laughs> is yes, that yes. Right? yeah dandy tech yeah. and um so i used to knock around with matthew johnson yep so did you have fun together yeah we did got in shit Naughtiness, yes. memory. Yes, yes, all of the above. Yeah. So, um, yeah, got sort of. I ended up getting pulled out of that school because of um, hanging around with Matthew. Yeah. Um, I think in uh, probably half a year, I'd nearly taken a whole term off, like wagged from school. Yeah. Where I was out, sort of knocking around with Matthew, and um, yeah. Was it was it innocent antics or was it serious? Oh, um, sometimes it was innocent. It was just fun getting around. Sometimes it was some 
serious elements to it. Um, and I was more probably following along, just wanted to sort of be included in something. And yeah. Matthew's quite a, an interesting person. He, he's like, he's quite a likable character. Everyone says that, yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's another side to him as well. Okay. So, but yeah, no, it was, um, yeah, we got up to quite a few different antics and he always had some bloody harebrained <laughs> thing on the go of what he could do and, yeah, make a little bit of money or something for himself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good. So what um, what age were you separated and who separated you, your parents or...? From... Yeah, yeah well, with each other. So it would have been, I think, probably by the time I was 15 and it was... I think it was, yeah, halfway through year nine. Danny or, Tech? Danny, yeah, so... And then I got switched over to Knox Tech. So to sort of get away because of, um, yeah. Things were ramping up. They were, and we'd had people rock up at our place because of things that things that I'd been involved in um, with Matthew and came back to sort of haunt and had people rock up at my parents' house and then my parents were like, this is not on. Okay. We've got to change the situation. And what and what was Knox Tech like? Um, marginally better. Yeah. So, but my older sister by that stage, had, she was at Knox Tech and so she was there to sort of keep a bit of an eye on me. Right. Right. Okay. Sammy, you look like you got a question. Oh no, I've got. Um, I'll, I'll just. I'm just listening to the story, but I've got plenty of questions. Okay. Answer. Ask one of your questions, guys. I just wanted to ask. Um, 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 what sort of opinions? Um, I, I think you you haven't got there yet, but what opinions sort of hurt you most? Was it from your um, on your um, gender identity? Was it from Fam, um, from uh, peers and friends or from family? Um, I think family, that probably hurts the most. Yeah. Um, not feeling like you're going to be accepted or wanted even. Yeah. Um, unless I would conform, unless I would be what they thought I would be. Um, I think I was telling um, James about when I was, it was probably approximately around about 13, this is why I ended up at a boys' school, um, I tried to come out to my parents um, about being transgender and um, was taken very quickly to a psychiatrist and um, that was a, it was a very, sort of, it was only one consultation with a psychiatrist, but that sort of consultation was um, where I was asked, like, do you want to live as a girl? And I said, yes. And I was informed at that stage and that if I chose that path, that my life would be that of a prostitute and I would more than likely be raped and murdered and that would be how my life would sort of play out. And as a 13-year-old kid, you sort of first thing that rocked, like went through my head was like, fuck that. <laughs> I'm like, so uh, I'm going to try and be the best that I can, sort of like in, in be what everybody wants me to be because you don't, you don't envision your life going down that sort of path like mm-hmm. as a kid you just all you don't want to be is yourself but um so then obviously then with that my parents must have been given sort of recommendations on how to handle it and so forth like that and so the um 
um, the abuse increased. So, and I think from my father's perspective, it was sort of along the lines of, well, I'll man you up. So it sort of, um, the physical abuse escalated. Um, and so the more that escalated, the more that I guess I played out as well. And sort of, and sort of the, um, would do things that probably would antagonise the situation even more. Um, yeah. Until I think I got to about 17 when I was able to join the military. So I joined the Navy to get away from home. Gosh, wow. Um, the psychiatrist, that he or she? A he. He, got, he said... He was that they're the words that came out of his mouth. They've stuck in my mind. I've never been able to erase them. That's had such an effect on me at that age that sort of to even have the courage to come out and say, like, we're talking in a time and an era in the 80s where it was okay to literally point blank discriminate against somebody especially if they're gay so you'd have mm. obviously mocking gay people it was it was okay it was joked about and it was like so then to be trans at that mm. um and ostracized by a psych yeah and then by my own family as well sort of reinforced that that shame that to be mm. me wasn't okay what, what was it like Ali, as, as I mean, you're tooled up now because you've got a heap of life experience under your belt, but being a young person and having to deal with the, sh you, you said shame, mm. how, how, do you, how do you cope as a young person? Um, I think you just basically wear a mask so nobody can see who you are, mm. which you become very mm. much disconnected from yourself. Mm. So um, you don't like I didn't know who I was. I had no emotional connection to myself because I couldn't have it. It's to have any form of connection means that you have to accept who you are, and I couldn't do that. So I didn't have the availability to be able to take that sort of step. So I was constantly sort of in free fall, just trying to be what everybody else wanted me to be, and I didn't really exist. Well, um, did you try to escape, as in with drugs or alcohol or any substance abuse? Oh, without a doubt in the world. Sort of going into the navy. That's a really um, the navy. I can't yeah. believe you chose the navy. Um, yeah, I don't know why. I, I think I like the idea that you sort of getting away and going overseas and travelling, and that seemed appealing at the time. And. Um, but there's a lot of drinking involved in the Navy, yeah. a lot of drinking. So, um, yeah, you're able to escape through that side of things and through constant sort of, I guess, alcohol abuse. Did, can I just um, did you find a, a community um, within the Navy, maybe a couple of, um, you know? I was, that's what I was probably looking for. Yeah. When I was escaping my family at home, I think part of it was I was looking for something to run to. Um, and obviously the way that it's advertised is like you're sort of joining another family. Um, but no, in, in 
in truth for me sort of going into that environment was the same thing again because I couldn't quite fit in. Like as much as I'd try to be one of the boys, I'd always not get it right. Like you, when you're trying to play a character, yeah, you're never playing it quite right sort of thing like that. You're not being authentic. Mm. And so I'd always do things that would always undermine myself and people would sort of pick up on it and then be like the whole gay thing would come out and that sort of basically there would be questions of was I gay. Um, so it sort of still gave me a lot of difficulties and so um yeah i got bullied a few times in in that side of things which then i had to learn how to stick up for myself and learn how to fight and did the martial arts come in handy or probably to a degree yeah yeah <coughs> but it's sort of you still like i'm you joining up as a 17 year old kid yeah so and you're with adults now and yeah right so can you fight ellie when i need to yeah yeah and when did the when did the bullying start in the navy was it immediately oh, pretty much immediately yeah 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 it was but when i say immediately like obviously it's like everything you can you can hold a facade for so long mm-hmm. but you accidentally undermine yourself sort of through it'll be the most simplistic thing it can be a hand gesture it can be the way that you do things and people like look at you like that's not quite right yeah and then it's sort of like so over a period of, of months they sort of start to then really look at you and like like are you a poof that was the that was the things that you'd get asked back then um and so to have to really sort of go out of my way to constantly try and prove that I'm not. So so that's how I meant, like, I'm spending my life constantly trying to prove something to everybody else rather than getting to live it. Sounds exhausting. Sounds hard <laughs> life. Wow. Is that fair? It's, yeah, it's pretty fair. It, it is exhausting. Oh. And you sort of get to a point, you're like, you just, you just want to live and you just want people to accept you for who you are. Peace. Yeah. Was there any positives about the Navy? Ah, oh, look, there was lots of fun. It was it yeah. was an absolute blast and got to experience so many things that you just wouldn't even fathom. Yep. Um so I was on for a while, I was on patrol boats at the top of Australia, so doing obviously like border force style things, so other um immigrant boats, illegal fishing vessels, and sometimes looking for illegal imports. Drugs? Yeah. Because I heard a bit comes through the top end. Yeah, yeah, a lot of it comes through the top end. Yeah. And did you have to press your outfit and everything shiny? Yep. And yep. Yeah. Do you carry any of those uh, OCD qualities? Oh, um, I shouldn't say OCD. <laughs> no, that, that, I think that is an accurate description for it because you do, like, once you leave the military, certain things like ironing, you become quite OCD with it and sort of the way that you have to iron something. <laughs> do, you, do you iron your jeans like you would um, pants and, and then have the... Um, <laughs> the pleats? Yeah, the pleats and that? No, no, I'm sort of like, I try and avoid the iron. Yeah. yeah. And... Um, I don't know if I'm speaking out of line here, but there was a sti- always a stigma when I was growing up that a lot of the Navy boys were a little bit um, light in the loafers. As well. is that, is that, 
<laughs> it was a Rodney Root it, joke. Yeah. It was a Rodney Root joke. Yeah, I, I, I sort of... Yeah. Yeah, maybe think the same thing as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe it might have been... That might have been the, the way I was drawn to it. But once you get inside, it's actually the complete opposite. Okay. The The... Um, homophobia is really quite rampant and if you were even suspected of being gay you'd have the literal shit beaten out of you mm. so well, that's well, why beat it out of you yeah they beat it out of you so um, yeah there was like one of the ships that I was on there was a an incident that happened with a couple of guys and there was a rumour and anyway we I, I can't even remember where we were. We pulled up somewhere and um, when we all went ashore and we got on the on our drinking, they had the absolute hell beaten out of them so badly that they had to send them back, fly them back to Australia. Goodness, so it's, um, yeah. I, I was going to ask this. Um, so were there other sort of sailors on the boat who had sort of similar, um, who were maybe gay or... That you, that you know? Not that I... Oh, look, there was probably the, the couple of guys that, that got beaten up pretty badly. Um, but, no, I think it's... I think if there were, everybody's too bloody afraid, afraid. To, to actually show it. Yeah. Yeah. So this is obviously back in... This is in the 90s at this mm. stage, so it's mm. probably a different place now. Yeah. But back then, no, you didn't dare and sort of that was a that's an element of weakness mm. I, I um when i was going through my basic training we had a um left lieutenant who was who was gay and he and he we actually there was a lot of us island boys there on on his in, in his platoon so we'd um we sort of sort of protected him um yeah but yeah he used to he used to uh cop a bit you know yeah. but um like I was the smallest out of a, a platoon of like 25, and most of us were, were from Auckland, so um, like six, two, and there were and there was guys that were way bigger than me. So yeah, that's a scary thought. Yeah. Um, so yeah, did, so he was open about it. I think I, I think there, there was rumours, but we knew, and yeah, and um, a few incidences sort of happened and. Um, just with with the boys around, they sort of because it's because in my culture, um, transgender is quite normal, mm -hmm. you know. Because I have a I have a first cousin and she's here in Melbourne and she um, she's transgender as well. And it wasn't too long ago, I got some insights into her life, um, describing um, how she was treated and and, and similar sort of. Um, what, what you're talking about today, which is, which uh, is intriguing to me. I thought, oh wow, mm. to, to listen to your story and and um, yeah, mm. and um, yeah. When I was part, I was so when I was partying and going running wild, um, I had a lot of transgender friends, and they were islanders. Yeah, and we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. It's interesting to sort of hear that now. Um, I had a, an incident. I was actually in, I think at the time we were in Wellington. Oh, wow. And there was a, I'd 
been copying a bit of crap from one of the guys on the ship for um, being maybe gay or something of the sort. And I was in the toilet and he actually came in and King hit me from behind. And it was one of the island of lads that actually grabbed me and picked me up and actually stopped this guy from beating into me. And he nearly broke my jaw because he, he gave it to me from behind pretty bad. And um, But, yeah, it was actually – it was a – yeah, one of the island of the lads that actually there pretty much saved my ass. Wow. Um, so positives and negatives from the Navy? I'd do it again. Okay. Um, look, okay. given all the negatives that I've spoken about, the positives that I got out of it were the skill set that I got was phenomenal. Um, the discipline. The discipline. You're taught to think outside the square. So um, uh, it's a unique way that they operate, but it, it does, it's very effective and it's given me a lot of capability that I don't think I would have learned had I not been in there. That's cool. I like outside the box thinkers. Can, yeah, can you capture that at all? And you taught this. You taught well, to think outside the box or you learn it on the job? I think you learn it on the job. Okay. So it's it sort of there is such a demand on you to be so multi-skilled. So on a ship, obviously, there's only limited resources and every person is a resource. So you have to be functional with so many different elements within a ship itself. So you have to be able to take on different roles at different points in time. So you have to learn and you have to learn fast. So it sort of it, it gives you this, I think, a unique capability that when I've walked out and left the, the military and, and sort of just working out in like as a civilian, you'd sort of come across and I'd get really frustrated with people because I'm like, why can't you do this? Why can't you? Why can't you think this way? And it's sort of like you realise it because they're not taught to. And so it's... Um, That's cool. Yeah. Capabilities. Yeah. So and operating under pressure. Yeah, you're always doing it. So and then they're constantly you're doing training and doing drills. So at sea we'll be doing um, obviously sort of war games. Hmm. So and you'll be with other ships and things like that, and you're constantly under attack. And so you've got to operate like you're in a war zone, and so you're drilling all the time and. So, yeah, you, you, you are under pressure, but then – so that's one element of it. But then when you do go operational, say, like, when you're on a patrol boat and you're going to board a vessel, you're operational. Mm. So it's sort of you are under pressure then in that regards and you sort of – we'd come up on – we'd sneak up on them in the middle of the night and sort of come in, sort of, like, almost stalk them and um, then basically board them and – force them to stop and sometimes we'd have to use a little bit of firepower to do so um once we get the vessel to stop we'd sort of aboard them and then go about sort of deciphering whether they're done something illegal or if they're any especially they're in like if we're not in australian waters we can't really do much but they're in australian waters we go through the vessel and decipher whether or not we're going to sort of um retain them wow did you did you board yeah Holy moly, Ali. It was a bit of fun. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Just thinking. 
I've got questions, but I'm thinking. Um, okay, so you've lived there. How, how long were you? How long were you serving? How long did you um, serve? I sorry? served about six years. So you gave it a solid whack. Yeah. Where's the furthest you travelled to? Um, probably the US. Oh, okay. So we picked up some ships in the US. So I lived in the States for about a year um, and then travelled back from there and sort of through the Panama Canal, sort of had, had a wild weekend in Panama. <laughs> <laughs> the Van Halen song? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, yeah, slowly continue back. Yeah. So during this time, Ali, because we can edit it if you're not happy, um, were you seeing men or women? Um, no, I was probably dating, oh, wasn't really dating, but I was, yeah, sexual with women. Okay. Um, yeah. Was it awkward or did it, how did you manage it? Oh, that's a, that, that's a really funny one. Um, I was actually, I found this, this thing the other day that I saw and I'm like, I grabbed a screenshot of it because I was, it was sort of so apt for coming up for this. Yeah. Um, it, it sort of speaks the sort of the mindset of what's going through. Right. Mind as sort of somebody being transgender and, and sort of, where is it to put it? And... Yeah, I know Danny's got a good question too after this. Okay. I'll save my fighter. Damn, I want to be her. Damn, I want to date her. And you're a chick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very good. Yeah, very good. Very interesting. So that's the that's the conundrum of being like the, the confusion within yourself. It's sort of like you trying to work out when you look at a, a at a female and you're like she's gorgeous then you're mm. like do i like her or is it just that i want to be her mm. um so wow. the element sometimes of intimacy was more about being close to them or yeah rather than anything else fascinating mm. fascinating i'm just looking at you thinking how the hell did you navigate all this? Oh, fuck, if I know. Yeah. You, you were telling me, you were saying before that you were you were under stress all the time when you were doing your um, sort of in the Navy and doing all your fire drills or, mm. you know, all the... So you must have been, like, doing that and then also, you know, trying to stay... Um, act, you know, trying to... Um, Masculine. Mas- you know, trying to act... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so you're, you're, like full-on all the time no it is very much like it doesn't turn off um i was sort of explaining a simple thing with james the other day it was like when you would turn off like say if you go sit in a restaurant or a bar or something like that and i'd look at everybody else around i'd be like wow what's it feel like to be normal what's it feel like to be comfortable in your body because i look at people and they seem to be taking their own like their gender for granted they're just comfortable in who they are and I'm sitting there and I'm like I'm in turmoil on the inside like I'm sort of I'm presenting how the world wants me to present but on the inside I'm like doing everything that I possibly can to try and hide and my language for it backward then was that I had I'm trying to hide a dirty little secret that I'm from the rest of the world that sort of one little slip up and somebody will see in what my secret is and they'll see into me 
Um, so I was constantly on guard and constantly trying to continuously conceal that element of myself and that meant trying to do sometimes overtly masculine things just so I could try and hide that, not because I wanted to do them, but it just mm. so that I could hide from scrutiny. Wow. Oh, so overcompensate. And what, do you oh. remember some of the things you'd do that you can laugh at now that you'd overcompensate to be a man? Oh, like definitely, like <laughs> getting pissed and then wanting to punch on and things like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just doing just so that you're standing out and sort of people don't then question you and did things you, like that. Did you train on the boat or like punch the bag or anything to keep up the facade? Um, no, I did do a lot of weights though. Okay. So, um, 20 inch pythons. <laughs> 20 inch. No joke. No, I was, I was pretty built. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to the gym a lot. So I was doing a lot of, a lot of weight work and things like that just to, keep, and keep there the, was, keep the wolves away. But it was more than that too. It was sort of like there was part of the mentality inside myself was I was constantly running from myself. And so the more I did, the more I thought that I could outrun it, that I'd be able to actually, if I just take that next step further, I'll be normal. I can I can distance myself from it. And so if I make myself bigger, if I make myself more masculine... I will be able to be that rather than having to have lived with this element inside me that I didn't understand that I was confused about and that I was ashamed of. Makes sense, Alan. Mm. Um, How big was this burden you were carrying on your shoulders and were there certain points where it just got too heavy? Oh, without a doubt in the world and you start becoming really reckless. Mm. Um, taking more and more risks, doing stupid things because you don't care if you you get to a point where you stop sort of caring all if you live or die sort of thing like that. It's mm. um, I think from when I was a young, I I never used to think that I was going to make it till I was twenty one, and then when I hit twenty one, I was like, I'm definitely I'm not going to make thirty. Mm. And sort of thirty came around, I'm like shit. <laughs> well, that I'll be here for forty. Um, and so, yeah, I, anything that was sort of adrenaline, I'd have a go at it. Are you still an adrenaline junkie? No, not as, um, probably to some degree, but not as much as I used to be. Yeah, yeah. And now there's healthier ways of getting it. Yeah, that's stuff. exactly it, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, wow. did, did, were there times when you thought... Um, I, I just don't want to be here anymore. Where you? Oh, plenty of times yeah. like that. Plenty of times you, I, I sort of sat back and thought that I'd be better off dead. Yeah. It'd be easier. Yeah. Um, but they're they're driven from a place not that I really and the, the, not that I really wanted to be dead, but you, I just wanted to be accepted and I just wanted to be loved. Yeah. I just yeah. wanted to be able to be myself. But I didn't know how to do that. Mm. Um, I didn't know how to navigate that concept of even remotely looking at trying to be myself. Um, so it was a really difficult sort of thing. And when I left the after leaving the military, uh, I think about two years after leaving, I actually then started the started transitioning for the the first time. So. 
Um, so this would have been late 90s, um, went and saw a doctor and and decided like, well, oh, bugger this, let's just do it. And so I came out and started transitioning and um, loved it, thought this was, this was yeah. the best thing ever. But then have to live in society, mm. had to have to deal with people and... People were really happy to discriminate back then. Yeah. They were happy to call it out to your face. Like, I remember one night being down on um, um, on Malvern Road down in down off Chapel Street, commercial, in road. Pro- commercial, commercial road. No, um, no, well, yeah, yep. So down in the market and things like that. Been there, yeah. yeah Ali, Ali probably went to the mansion, yeah. Did you go to the mansion? No, I didn't go to the mansion, no. no. I remember I used to go to like the market a lot and things like that or mm. otherwise go down around sort of Smith Street and Collingwood and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I remember this one night, this um, group of guys, I was walking along with a, with a girl and we were just heading out, going out for the night sort of to, I think we were going to the market that night. We'd been out for dinner and they basically confronted me and they were just like look it's a fucking man in a dress um and i was really quite scared at that point in time i'm like shit i'm completely outnumbered and there's probably 10 of them and they were really happy to mock me and to really sort of and put me down and it was really that was horrible and that was sort of then the the onset of deciding that I was gonna sort of give up on it and like giving up on myself because um, having to sort of deal with that sort of whether it was dealing with people like that and people laughing at you some people wouldn't say anything but they just walk past you and laugh um, snigger and things like that and um, the transition process is a difficult process it's sort of when you first start starting out on hormones, you're a bit of an ugly duckling. You sort of what do you mean? Well, you stand out a lot. Like you, you do. Like the truth be known, you do look like a man in a dress, sort of thing like that. Mm. And your body's still not feminising, so you're waiting for hormones to work. And over a period of time, you slowly soften more and you become more feminine. But the early days, you will cop a lot of grief from people, and they're happy to sort of have a laugh at you and at your expense and you got to sort of try and not take it personally but it's hard not to when you've been conditioned your whole life to be ashamed of who you are sort of every whether it be on tv like the being trans there was the butt of the joke on tv like it was always like mock the tranny mm. um so whether it's that or whether it would be like growing up you there was a trans person and you'd hear them just be absolutely slayed by other people like behind their back and you're sort of sitting there and you're like, that's me. And you're listening to everybody else just put them down and belittle them and you're like, fuck, that's what I'm going to cop if I come out. So you have to sort of have to be conscious of all that element of it. And so it gets tiring at some time sort of having to, to deal with that. Yeah aspect of of it how did you get the courage uh up to make that first decision to go right like what was that process like um 
For the first time, like I had a, a friend of mine that I'd sort of confided in, and she was the one that was sort of gave me the when I say gave me the courage. First of all, gave me the sort of the I guess the safe space. I used to hang out with her and and um, gave me that sort of safe environment to sort of start exploring who I was in a non-judgment manner sort of thing like that and the more i did that the more i was able to sort of then understand it a little bit more and i knew what i wanted deep down inside but it was getting overcoming that fear <clears throat> so yeah um so those 10 guys after that they carried on did you just go home is that end of night when something like that happened? No, I still went out. Out of defiance? Yeah, yeah. Still Fuck went, you. Still went out, but it slowly, like, it just chips away. You each, each, mm. each incident sort of wears you down. Mm-hmm. So, and so there's things like that. There was uh, just other things like where you knew that you weren't invited to something because of who you are. Too hard. Yeah, sort of like might have been a family thing or something like that. You know, you're sort of left off the off the list because of sort of people are embarrassed about who you are. Mm. Um, so they slowly, those sort of things slowly wear you down. Mm. And you get, I got to a point when I went, oh, this is just easier if I just give up, mm-hmm. and and sort of accepted then that I just be. Being myself is going to be too hard. It'll be easier to do what other people want me to do. For everyone else. Yeah. 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 So just give up on yourself and just live for other people. Um, and it's just out of the, at the same time, as I said, you just want to be loved. You just want to be liked. Mm. You want to be wanted. So during this period, so what are we talking? We've covered from school to sort of early 20s, or mid-20s we're at now. Yeah. Like this girl you touched on, she allowed you to explore that, which is very, very admirable and beautiful in its own way. But was there anyone else during this period that saw you, who for you are, you can say, hang on, they really, they they were there for me, they got me. There was, there was a, <clears throat> a friend of mine that we used to work together and when... I came out to her sort of thing as well and sort of... Another girl. Another yeah. girl, yeah. It was one of my close friends and we used to just sort of knock around a lot together after work and do things and, um, yeah, sort of told her as well and, yeah, she made it quite all right as well, like... And still not a lot of support networks. No. Like, and what about the government support networks? Oh, there was nothing. Like they have them today, but... Yeah. <laughs> Even so you, the, today, the support networks aren't really support networks. Yeah. You still have to form your own. You do. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So out of the Navy, you've tried your first transition and reversing back from that, was yep. that a process? Yeah, it was um, because basically your body's changed. Oh, my God. So you go through, so it's, you don't think about this at the start, so going on to hormone replacement therapy, your body feminizes. So I was mid-20s. Yep. Um, 
Did you still have the big guns and the big physique? Then? Yeah, I was I was quite solid. Yeah, not as big as what I probably not as big as what I got to. Uh, so after I transitioned, then I started really. When I detransitioned, I went through a couple of different phases. Um, went through a bit of a fat phase. <laughs> yeah, where I let myself go. Self-loathing? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, self-loathing and just not I'll care. I ate my way out of it. But this. it was also trying to sort of conceal because, as I was saying, like going through hormone replacement therapy, you develop breasts, so your body changes. And then when I detransitioned and went back, you're left with that element. So they don't go away. So when you stop taking estrogen mm. and your testosterone resumes, your the breasts that you've developed don't don't go away. So you'll you can't turn them into pecs. No, no, no. So getting fat was sort of like it sort of concealed the meat. It mm. sort of was an excuse for it. Mm. Um, hid them a little bit, sort of because I was again ashamed. So it's like obviously you'll hear that throughout. Like, there was a lot of shame going through all of this mm. so then i was sort of um trying to conceal myself again and sort of almost like i went completely back to where i was before transitioning and, and basically shoving it right back in the closet and pretending that it didn't exist did and that make other people happy sorry to oh, interrupt you yeah no completely it sort of you could see people were happier with myself doing that. It's like, yeah, yeah. this is over and done with. Like, that was just that fad. And that's just a phase. Yeah, they're done with that now. Like, cool. Um, and I think it lasted about eight years I was able to keep it going for. Um, and then I couldn't keep it up. Like, it was... Uh, I'd repartnered. Um, by this stage, I had a son and I was with my ex-partner now but um she brought up to me she's like you need to go sort this out you're miserable okay like i couldn't even have somebody hug me like i had such a wall around me like to try and keep myself what did you put a hand out pretty much yeah like she'd come up and want to give me a cuddle and i'm sort of like i'd let her for a moment and i'm like just that's enough yeah get away okay Tough. Yeah, yeah, very much. So it's but miserable and what we this this is when you were overeating. Yeah, drinking, drinking, overworking, and you were gone construction. I remember. Yeah, yeah. Time. So I had my own company. Wow. Um, so moved into architectural windows. Yep. Um, running my own company and being quite successful at what I was doing. But I was just, everything was at an extreme, sort of constantly trying to run for myself. So it's, I would get up early of the morning and I'd just work all day. Mm. So didn't really come home, which caused more problems. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And what's the internal talk, if you can remember at this stage? Say you're doing a window, you've got some plans and you're doing it, you're getting through the work, you're kicking ass there. Do you, what's the internal talk like for you? Is it like you're fooling yourself or is it... Sometimes completely. Yeah. yeah sometimes completely sort of fooling myself, almost a bit delusional um, in, in that element. Um, but then something would enter your mind, whether it be a thought about and then it'd be sort of like 
you're like, shit. And you're trying to sort of push this thought away and this thought would be quite intrusive. It's sort of, it's that part of you that's trying to sort of still put its hand up and go, I'm still here. You're like, fuck, will you just go away? Um, God, that sounds so tough. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really is. It's constant. Doesn't doesn't give up. So um, I, I've heard people sort of talk about like ah, oh, like with being transgender, you just need to sort of learn how to live with yourself. I'm like, you've got no idea what you're talking about. Mm. Like, to, it's such a stupid comment. Sort of like mm-hmm. I've probably more than most people try, tried the element of accepting who I was and done everything to be that and even went and did counselling and all sorts of things to try and basically overcome that side of me to, to make it go away. Gosh. And so um, since being a transgender um, person, have you had counselling for things that you're trying to un- undo? Or? Yeah, no, I, I do regular counselling and trying to basically constantly... Um, well, the shame was the biggest one that I had to mm. try and let go of. Um, being self-judgmental is a really massive thing, like, and, and being just constantly talking badly to yourself. Mm. Self-talk, um, yeah. Yep, self-talk. So that's been a really big one, constantly trying to overcome that. But I've got to the point now, I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. I've sort of, I think I've done pretty good at letting go of the shame. Good. <clears throat> Well done, Ellie. Thank you. Um, okay, so, son, your partner said go and get some help. What, and what happened then? Well, that opened a shit can of worms, didn't it? <laughs> 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 so, um, I went to a psychologist at her request. And, and you would have had the preconceived notion from the last lunatic that said... No? Mm, Sort of, but I I didn't really want to do it. And I was trying everything to avoid it. And I remember even to the point, like, I was not turning up to appointments. I had a phone call from this lady and I was driving around for work and I had um, one of the the young lads that was working for me in the car and I'm like, look, basically piss off. I've got more things that are more important than dealing with you. but once she finally got me there, this sort of psychologist like really got into me and kept asking me like about everything and about my past. And when I finally turned around and said the words that I feel like I'm a woman, it was like, shit, I can't take those words back again. Um, and that, the moment that I did that, it was like opening Pandora's box again. Um, and then I just had to basically go through the the process of owning it. Well, it's not even owning it. Like, once I opened it, it all just floods back in. Um, and all that sort of work that you've done to, just, like, stuff it down and like, try and conceal it. It's like all that hard work's just done dusted then on the spot and yeah, hard work it is it is mm-hmm. it is exhausting work trying to keep that sort of that that facade up so she opened um she opened you up and then what happened well then i actually so then i i 
doing some counselling and I think she worked out pretty quickly what was going to happen. So then she's like, we need to have a baby. <laughs> so we had a, she got pregnant, we had a daughter. Um, and I think within a couple of years we were done and dusted. Okay. So we broke up. Um, I obviously through the relationship I started transitioning, started going back um, I was trying to juggle that with having a company in the construction industry. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. So oh trying to run a trying to run an architectural window company, um, yeah, like tradies, trying to transition, trying to have a family, like trying to like keep it all together, and it was going to shit real quick. Yeah. Yeah, really fast. Were you using <laughs> drugs at the stage? No. no okay. No. Drinking? Uh, a little bit of alcohol, but not a, not a great deal. I'd actually sort of backed off the alcohol a lot by this stage. Um, so I was just slowly just basically falling apart. So it was just sort of like everything was, everything was coming apart at the seams in one hit. So life, family, relationship, my other family, work, business, sort of drowning during this time did you sort of um, did you sort of um, go out and explore uh, the transgender sort of yeah no I started joining that's yeah I I joined some like social groups with some other trans people and things like that and um, started making some other friends and that was a that was a good thing, but it was also an interesting thing because I found that there was a lot of insecurity within the trans community, and mm-hmm. that was something that I didn't want to take on. Like I had enough of my own shit, and I was mm. like, so it was like I didn't want to take on somebody else's insecurity. Um, even though I'm struggling and I'm I'm sort of got a bit of my own mess going on, I was a lot more secure than a lot of these other individuals, mm. and so. I found them quite hard to spend time with. Um, but out of that time, like a, a good friend of mine, Lexis, um, she's um, a Kiwi Islander uh, girl that sort of I made friends with. We're still sort of good friends now. Transitioning? She, yeah, she transitioned. Fufu, Simi? Okay. Fufu, is that the word? I uh, know, Fafafini. Fafafi, that's, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, we're, we're good friends still to this day, and she, except she now lives up in Canberra, and yeah, so she transitioned as well, and yeah, it's about the only sort of, out of that time, the only sort of person that I re- retained a friendship with. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, on that, so were there any people that stuck fat with you the whole way through, as in friendships? Um, yeah, well, through all these ups and downs like the Renee the girl that I used to work with we're still mates awesome. so we're still friends to this day awesome um, and then um, I've got one of the one of the lads that I went to Danny Tech with I'm still friends with now oh, I love to hear that yeah, so, I was like it's one of the yeah one of the men yeah one of the boys from Danny Tech so still um, yeah, great friends with him so it's and he's been really supportive. But he's he's found it challenging, 
He's, but he's come out and said that. He's like, I remember one time we, I was actually going to a building site. I was doing a, had a big job and I was actually really quite worried about turning up and being a bit scared sort of going onto site. And he's like, well, I'll take you out there. Boy. Wow. Yeah, he's like, I'll have you back. So I'm like, this. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, cool. that was that was pretty cool. It to is have that. beautiful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and yeah, he's been there. He still is to this day, sort of thing like that. And if I have any issues, I can just give him a buzz. And so, so you're still involved in the construction industry? Well, I was up until oh, I guess I am still. Yeah, um, I do a bit of project management now. Um, I've got rid of my company. But I was running um, like jobs for other companies now. So I go on site as me and I don't care. And I'm like, you? like, have you got something you want to say? <laughs> 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 I just sort of call it out to their face now, sort of thing like that. And Beautiful. That's the strength, I, huh? Yeah, I don't walk away from it. No, I can't imagine you walking away from anything, to be honest. No, I tend to not. Sometimes that's not the best. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. I need to learn to walk away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so you've got a son and a daughter. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Pandora's box was opened by the psych and the counsellor, and then yeah. what happened? Did, we, did you start thinking about transitioning again? Yeah, no, I did. I um, started... I literally started transitioning again and um, went back on hormone replacement therapy and round two and round two and um, went started down the whole process and started living full time back as and I say back as myself because living as a boy I'm not me I'm mm. I'm a concept of what everybody else expects me to be I'm this entity that's not real in that regards. Like an actor. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very much it. It's a character. It's not, and it's sort of, I don't, I'm constantly playing a part that's not me. So I'm trying to work out what do I need to be for you to like me? God. Rather than just being myself. Yeah, exactly it. So, and that's what life's like for me in that other way. Um, because I don't, there is no real me in that regards. Mm. Because it's sort of like I don't like that. I don't. I don't like the way I dress. I don't like that element. I don't like anything of it. So it's got. It's nothing of it is me. Ellie, I'm not about to share this with you because I'm saying I understand what it's like. Because that's not what this is about. From, but from twenty to th- probably thirty. I definitely felt like I was playing this over masculine, masculinized, if that's a word, version of myself, and it was so fucking tiring. Mm. So I'm sharing that with you because in the end it got so tiring to the point where I thought, I can't do this anymore and I'm just going to be me. And yeah, I think my wife helped me with that as well, but um, it just gets to the point where. It's just exhausting. Do you fellas feel that? I, I do, yeah, yeah. I mean, once you start um, just saying, you know, if everyone else, mm. it's just about my journey and yeah, you just feel a lot more freer. Yeah. yeah. I, I found that with my son too. 
you know, he would, you know, um, he had a, a couple of attempts on his life, and um, and, I, and, I, and I was and I was a I was um, terrible, you know, until I asked him a question. You know, what was it? What was it like for you? What 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 did I give you? And, he, and the the biggest thing that hurt for me was he just said, "Dad, I just I didn't feel loved. I didn't feel like you loved me." And that just broke me. Mm. It broke me, and it mm. just, I was in tears. We both were in tears, and I just apologized to him. And now I just don't really give a damn what anybody thinks. Mm. It's just about my journey, my son's journey, and if anyone doesn't want to fit in his life, that's okay. I don't need you in my life. Even if you are my family, it doesn't really matter. Bang. You know what I mean? That, like, to me, that really touched me in um, quite profoundly, actually, because <laughs> I've had that same conversation. Yep. But I didn't get the response that. Beautiful, Ali. And Simon. Sorry. No, no, no. That I think <coughs> it's amazing to see a parent listen to their child mm. and hear them. Mm. Because for me, I've tried to have that conversation and it goes nowhere. Um. And so I just have to accept that that's the way things are. And so, yeah. So to see somebody else do it differently, I'm like, oh, my God, that is fucking amazing. Oh. When, when, when I found out, because I, I, had, I had moments where, like, me, me, I knew something was, that he, he, you know, he, I, I thought maybe me and my wife were talking, he, he might be gay. So it was actually when, when I found out when I I sort of forced him, which was probably not not good. But I picked him up from work. He worked at Crown. We both did a night shift, and we're on our way home. And it was like six o'clock in the morning. And then we're driving, and I just said to him, "You know, son, um, if you're gay, I don't care. You know, I love you no matter what." And he was sitting there, and he was, I could see the tears rolling down his eyes. I goes, I don't care, mate. Because I just want you to be happy. I just want you to be happy, and I want you to be a part of my life. You know? And um, we, we just both... And the sun was coming up, and we just both cried on the way home. And, and then... Um, the, um, yeah, that was a beautiful moment, and then that's when I started. I thought I need to ask him how he felt um, during his life when he sort of separated his life from all of us, from all the family, and he found his own community. Mm. Did that hurt, Simi, when he separated from the family? It hurt me because um, he didn't see anyone, not even me and my wife or so he found his own community. Um, there were a few times when the hospital called, you know, um, saying that he had made an attempt on his life. And um, like I struggled a little bit with his sexuality, but at the end of the day, I thought 
my I watched this boy born, wow. and just then, there's the love for him is just he's he's not boy or girl. I, I'm just happy to have him, yeah. and and that was the feeling. I thought, you know what? I don't give a damn. I just, I just want to be happy. I want him here. Yeah. You know, it's it's, it's happened twice already. I don't want to be a third time, and then I'm just standing there, you know. Without a son, so yeah, uh, beautiful. But you know, yeah, beautiful. that I think is beautiful that you're able to see it from that that side of things. Um, I can really relate with that because I sort of I've had a few attempts on my life. Um, this was post my relationship. Mm-hmm. It um, my relationship broke down, losing family the breakdown of children and everything like that um i was complete loss and not having any of my own like my own family not really being present no like when i say like how would you sort of almost i'm not totally disowned but i'm not really wanted um in that regard sort of thing like that so um, like my my father still sort of almost refuses to acknowledge on who I am, sort of thing like that. And yeah. but um, not having anything, and when having going through that breakdown, and I thought that it was going to be the easiest option. Because um, the load was so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah very much so. It's too much sometimes. It's just like, as I said, you just... You don't feel like you belong anywhere. You don't feel like you're wanted anywhere in any of anything. You're just like you're this broken thing that is unwanted. I hate the idea of anyone feeling alone. Mm. It really fucking upsets me. Mm. And um, I just won't cop it. I won't cop people being alone. Doesn't matter whether you're in prison or what you've done. As long as you're going to be honest and real with me, mm. you got my hand and you got my heart. Yeah, it's a beautiful quality. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't give a fuck, Ellie. I just don't care because as long as you're not hurting other people or people undermining the community, mm. give a fuck. Do what you do. Do you? Yeah. Like, like who cares? My um, brother. On this, his best mate, Daniel, took his life and uh, it was tragic and uh, it was because Paul later found out that it was because Daniel had issues with his own sexuality and um, Paul didn't reveal too much later that he thought about it as well, which broke my heart because uh, I knew Paul was gay when he was eight years old. You know, like he was watching our house as a young boy in decoration shows, and I'm like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Poor dad. Dad tried to make him a bigger cricket bat because he couldn't hit the ball. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the writing was on the wall, and he came out and he he went away on a holiday and came back super fit and said to mum. So in the meantime, I got married, and I bought all my groomsmen presents. For being my grooms and it's a thing we do and um i said to my sister can you sort this out and she goes yeah it's in buy the presents 
And I said, what's Paul want? And she goes, he wants a Louis Vuitton wine carrying bag. <laughs> and I said, right. <laughs> okay. So when we gave it out on my wedding day, I go, here's your present, Paul, and gave him a look like, nice present. <laughs> and Paul gave me the eyes like, don't tell anyone. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because he knew. And then he went away, he got super fit, came back and said to the family, called Ali and mum and everyone and said, I'm gay. She said, oh, the guy, you know, everyone's like, oh, good. Glad you're feeling better about yourself because he talked about the stuff. But he said, you don't need to tell James. He knows. Then <laughs> 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 so I'm going to ask you, you're, gonna, you're not going to slip the gun. Have you ever played a character, mate? Oh, thinking of identity crises, mate. Mm. Um, well... I know what it's like to be alone because I went to boarding school. I never saw anyone for six years. Oh, so, wow. But um, I think all kids growing up all have an identity. We all have an identity crisis just to try and find our feet. Mm. And uh, especially me, like I had my name changed three times before I was 20, you know. So, and, uh, so I can definitely relate to where you're coming from, Ellie. And uh, it's just great to see you come out the other end. And how's the shit we do to try to fit in? I mean, seriously. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. The lengths we go to. The lengths we go to. Yeah. Um, but the thing that stri- is really striking, uh, it's sticking out for me, is you've gone a long period without finding a tribe. Yeah, very much so. A long, extended yeah. period of time. So for me, I have to commend you on your strength and your resilience. I just keep on punching because it would have been easy, not easy. I, that's I don't even know. I, I'm so mindful and not saying the wrong thing in this in this space because you know, like it's I don't know. We're in a cancel cancel culture at the moment, and you got to be so careful what you say. But um, yeah, it would have been easy to give up. I, I find that. I don't know because I don't know any different. Mm. So it's like I did try and give up Mm. um, for a period. Mm. But then I couldn't after I sort of, I I dug a big fucking hole and once I sort of started climbing back up out of it again, I'm like, just couldn't give up anymore. Now it's sort of, people like you're so strong or you're this and I'm like I don't know I don't know anything different this is just my life Mm. I have nothing to measure it against Mm. yep so I just know what my existence has been and that's it sort of thing like that that's actually a very male trait to fuck things up so we can fix them (laughs) (laughs) it is it's like why fire I shouldn't say that but it's it's, I've heard I've heard that firefighters I shouldn't say that (laughs) I've heard there's, there's a rumour that some firefighters light fires oh. just so they can go and fix them. Yeah. 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 But it's a very male thing to fuck things up just so we can fix it and go, oh, all right, okay. <laughs> I'm back. But um, so second time round with the HRT, is that right? The so the, well, we're actually ten, we're actually in third. You're in third now? Yeah. Yeah. Third. So after the separation, yeah. Me in my fucking infinite wisdom, I'm like, Went well, reversed again. Exactly. I'm like, well, it worked. Like, 
this might solve the problem. I didn't want to be away from my children. I had a partner. Like, the first time in my life I had somebody that I actually felt that loved me. Yeah. And she knew my secret. So when we first got together, I actually told her um, about my past and what I'd gone through and how I felt and everything like that. And so I'd been open and honest with her about everything, but I still wore a facade. Mm. I still sort of put on the put on the facade for it, but I was she was probably one of the only people that was in my life that accepted me for who I was. Mm for that element that was I saw that was the broken part of me, they're not quite right. Um, and then when I lost that, I lost that because of being me. So when I started transitioning again, that then changed the relationship and then I was losing the very thing that was the only person I'd felt I'd had in my life. And I was absolutely struggling with that. I'm like, I don't know, didn't know how to cope with that. Mm. So the only thing that I thought might work was like give up on myself. Mm. It's worked in the past. <laughs> Let's yep. try it again. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Is it def- like, is it a defeating feeling? Like, oh, it was a, this time around was the hardest because it sort of become more consciously aware of who I was and I really thoroughly liked who I was so but then it was a conscious choice was like right well either have me and lose everything else or I have them and I lose me and I thought I thought the latter was actually a a better option um, to have to at least have people that love me um, so it's, it's, it's all about being loved. It is. It? Loved and seen. It is, very much. Yeah, exactly it. So, so you've got to love yourself first. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, you do. You do without a doubt in the world, but it's a really mm. hard thing to do when you've been taught your whole life that you're wrong. Mm, yeah, yeah, for sure. So how do you, how do you love yourself when you've had... Decades. Value yourself. Yeah, that's right. When you've had decades of messaging thrown at you, punched into you, like you've been hit from pillar and post with this, that you're you're not right. You're you're basically you're some fuck up. So that's the underlying. That's the underlying feeling. Yeah, it's sort of that you are a mistake. That you're some abnormality that you're a freak like there's just there's a plethora of words that go with it um what do you make of the transgender community now because like let's be honest here the voice is loud and proud and like tell me is this a good thing i think it is a good thing in some aspects but there's another element that i don't like which is there is a constant um there is a weakness within it. Okay. And or that's the way I see it to some degree. Um, I don't see I don't see basically people being empowered through strength. I see them trying to empower them through like almost disempowerment. Yeah. And I don't see how that's going to be successful. 
I'm like, you don't get strong by being weak. Yeah. Um, it's sort of if you constantly scream at everybody that they need to just accept you, well, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Like, I, this is a family area around here and I've just been who I am and just not cared. And, but I don't, I don't know, I don't sort of play this part or anything like that. And people can accept me or they don't, I don't care. I'm like, mm. I'm, I'm not going to um, be offended by somebody or... And you, like you're the, not telling him you need to accept no, me. No, I don't, I don't care. No. It's like, if you don't, if you don't want to accept me, that's okay. You don't have to. So, I don't like everything. Yeah. So... <laughs> Let me. I wanted to ask you this anyway. I want to start including this. What are a couple of things that really piss you off in life? Because mine, I can tell you right off the bat, is stepping in dog shit. And dogs that shit on the nature strip. Dogs that shit on the beach. And like, yeah, yeah, that really bothers that me. That really pisses me off, yeah. leaving shit on the beach. Yeah, and people in traffic when you let them in and they don't wave. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, really no, no. Yeah, that, I do get upset by that as yeah. well. So yeah, what that. pisses you off, though? Oh. oh, you've really got me on this one. <laughs> this has really stumped me a little bit. It's sort of, um, I think people who don't give a shit, mm. that pisses me off. Um, Yeah, um, I think sort of the the trivial things I can cope with there. Mm. Yeah, assholes in traffic, whatever. Mm. We all deal with them and things like that. But um, for me, I think the things that really, really get to me the most are probably things of injustice. Yeah. Mm. That really, probably that's probably my, my, my big button. Yeah. You can push it with sort of unjust. Have you seen The Equalizer with Denzel Washington? Yeah. Oh, it's my favourite movie. <laughs> One and two. Uh, okay, yeah. This goes around to it, yeah. Sorting out injustices. You got questions? Yeah, I was just I also. I'm liking this. Mm. I, I, was, I was also. You can't load it, Ali. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to know um, do you still have a relationship with your, with your children? Or, um, you know, so with the the separation that did not that did not end well and a large part of that's got to, to land on me okay. my handling of the situation not being able to handle it didn't help um so that's still like myself and my ex we don't talk um so it's still going through family court in regards to my daughter so i see her via facetime at the moment that's about it but I've got my 17-year-old son. He's moved back in with me, lives with me full-time now. Awesome. So I'm loving that. Yeah, and sort of that's been fantastic. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And how does he handle everything? It's actually he doesn't miss a beat. Yeah. No, he, he's phenomenal. Um, he's half you. So, yeah, yeah, so he's... It's funny, like, he just doesn't care as well. So we'll be down, like, we'll be in shops or everything, and he just turns around and he's like, hey, Dad, 
<laughs> and then he's like, oh shit, Ali. <laughs> um, do you just laugh? I do, I do. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, it's it's like he just doesn't care. He's he's quite proud. It's beautiful. Yeah, so I'm really bloody fortunate and... Um, yeah, and I, I love having him around, and so sometimes I probably maybe spoil him a little bit too much. Um, mm. But I think the biggest thing is it's sort of like what you were saying before. It's just I just want him to be happy, and yeah. I love the fact that he loves me for who I am, and he's not ashamed of me. He brings his he brings his mates over and things like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm like. Yeah. Yeah, so he's quite comfortable. Beautiful. I'm so happy for you, Ali. Thank you. Uh, oh, yeah, I got another question too. These are some of these, some of these questions. These are, awesome are, questions these are some of these questions are from my wife. Oh, really? Yeah, she yeah. said, I want you to ask questions. So, yeah. Here's, here's one of her questions. So she said, um, drawing from your own experience, what advice would you give parents um, whose child... Uh, Oh, sorry, whose child or adult child uh, thinking about um, trend, trend, being, becoming a transgender? Um, I think the biggest advice you can give to anybody is listen to them and, and hear them out and just mm. support them. Like Because like some people may think their journey is going to be one way and it might end up another way. Like You don't know until you, I guess start going on a journey like there's people that obviously as you're saying like most kids go through an identity crisis to some degree and there is there seems to be an increase in the prevalence of um kids coming forth and saying they're transgender these days and are, are all of them transgender i don't know are some of them going through an identity crisis? It's a good point. Um, I, I think that there will be some that are going through an identity crisis and it is maybe something that they can make sense in that point in time. And I think all you can do as a parent is basically go on a journey with them because if you try and force them one way or another, you're doing them a disservice. Mm. Whether even if you're... If you even become an active, like, totally active ally and then you're pushing him that like you might be hurting them as well because Mm. they may need to just experience who they are Mm. to then go you know what this isn't right for me bang i thought it was but maybe i need to be this over here and Mm. i I am maybe i'm gonna be actually i'm not transgender i might be gay or Mm. like uh, whatever it may be there Mm. may be a, a like numerous different outcomes but I think if you can just support them give them love listen to them mm. don't make them feel they have to be something for you to make you feel alright because mm. mm. I think that's the biggest thing that I went through always was was more conscious of making sure that everybody else felt alright rather than me being alright yeah and there's a lot let's be honest there's, there's I'm right off the bat in this community there are a number of young kids that are coming to say kindergarten or or primary school, young boys as girls. It's made predominantly from from my perspective, young boys that are now identifying as girls. And it's funny how challenging it is for everybody else. Yeah. Because I just sit back because I don't care. 
when I sit back and watch everybody else's challenges and it's fascinating what, you, what are your thoughts on, yeah. on, 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 on say if you when, when, they're, when they're very young like that I think it's a really tricky one mm-hmm. um, look for me like I've I've experienced what it was like to have what's called gender dysphoria from a young age. So um, that that feeling of dysphoria of your own body and your own gender. So I know what that's like. So part of me is influenced by my own journey and sort Mm. of part of me wants to sort of say like, right, don't ever let anybody have to go through that. But at the same point in time, there's another side of me is like, well, not every child is going to be that way and some children will be influenced whether it be by parents wanting to be overtly mm. uh, how would you sort of say sort of um <clears throat> progressive mm. sort of seeing something maybe you maybe your child is a little bit feminine or you've got a girl that's a little bit masculine <clears throat> you don't have to be all of a sudden like oh well my daughter's going to be a boy or my son's going to be a girl just let them be them mm. let them do, mm. let them work it out but don't be in a rush and i think if rush. you like um support them correctly and then organizations like the royal children's and things like that i think they've got some really good systems and structures in place with dealing with children who suffer from gender dysphoria okay. so before they'll actually even look at introducing hormones or anything like that with kids mm. they put them on a a lot of counseling first to really try and identify who's who's what sort of in that regards because yeah some kids will outgrow it wow. so yeah so some kids won't so, um, so you're saying that um it might be um Maybe influences within the home, or yeah. or, or whatever wow. trends going. And Look, you, you partially could be it could mm. be sort of like maybe there's numerous ways that this can come about. Um, I think some are nurture, mm. some are biological. Mm. So um, I think it just depends on the individual. But it's a tricky one. I don't think it there's is a, a tricky one. I don't think there's a black and white answer no. either way. Um, I think at some point in time we have going to have to accept that some kids will transition, mm. and some kids it's not going to be right for. Yeah. So and that's why I think we need to be a little bit more apprehensive, not to be just jump straight onto the bandwagon and go like, let's just give them hormones or whatever like that. Mm. Um, we do need to have a, a small amount of pushback, but we do it in a healthy way. Yeah. That's not demonising, not shaming, but more giving them the space to experience who they are, whether that be they get to, like, um, socially transition. Like, say, young kids, they don't have to, have to take drugs or anything like that, but they can socially transition and experience what it is to be of the other gender. Mm without having to take drugs and then sort of seeing if that is something that is right for them does that so for me like going back to the start when i i spoke earlier and i said a lot of people think this is being transgender is about sex it's got nothing to do with sex in that regards it's got nothing to do with sexuality it's got very much to do with relationships okay so being like being as like as I was saying before, like living as a male is a facade for me. I don't fit in. Yeah. 
so to be to fit in with the girls you can't be mm. a man and fitting in with the girls because you'll never be accepted as one of the yeah. girls because you're still just a man mm. i've tried I've, when i detransition i tried to maintain friendships with women but living as a boy and trying to be accepted and stay as one of the girls doesn't work what name were you running with as a man scott scott <laughs> now let me ask you something that's very naive but I, as i'm just so curious so when you were like really masculining your whole persona up you would have had a certain walk now as you transition into a female do, does that do you have to teach yourself or do you, is it, does that just come natural um, a more feminine walk or, or does that just no I think to some degree I had to relearn because I had mm. to relearn is I had to let go mm. yep so it's sort of like some people might not be able to understand what that what I mean by that but is I spent decades learning and yeah cultivating a persona yep. and a, and exactly what you're doing like sort of pushing your, your chest out a little yeah, bit and sort of having a yeah a strut sort of thing like that and but i had to be very very sort of like as i was saying like something could undermine me again like it might be my hand i, I remember being in a like the shop yes. and then my ex would be like you're doing it again with your hand <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah, the pinky finger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's it's things like that. It's but it's yeah. sort of and the way that I talk with my hands and things like that. And yeah, um, the Italians talk with their hands. Too. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, when having to learn to walk again wasn't so much having to learn to walk it was having to learn to let go. Okay. Mm. So I was having to learn to undo what I taught myself and how I'd crafted this way that had become to do some aspect second nature. So is that taking the wall down brick by yeah, brick? Yeah, you, you do. You have to constantly relearn aspects about yourself. Yeah. Um, so you've literally rebuilt and pulled down walls yep. two or three times. Yeah, no. yeah, I have. So, but each time, like, I wouldn't wouldn't quite fully pull the wall down. Okay. So I, I, I never really had a, probably a really good foundation to start building a new wall on. Okay. Wow, that makes a lot of so sense. So it was sort of like everything was always built on sand. Mm. Where I, I think I was, um, I was telling yourself when I, when I transitioned this time, there was part of it was a bit of a, a punishment to myself because... Because I had abandoned myself and I I detransitioned and I I lost myself in that regards. When I went back, normally I would have gone through a process where I would have gone on hormone replacement therapy, slowly grown my hair out, um, feminized, and slowly sort of moved, shifted from one to another. So and I might do it at a at a real slow pace that. A lot of people might not notice from the outside um, and then I'll start sort of going out more and more socializing as Ali but sort of still existing as Scott 
Yep. And it's like a real slow transition where this time I looked at it, I'm like, you've fucking done this to yourself. You're going to have to live with the mess you made. So I pretty much went from one to the other like that. Yeah. And I'm like, you can suck it up. You can deal with the stairs. You can deal with the shit you're going to cop. You're going to have to... Been through all this. Yeah. And you've done it to yourself. So... So you took a bit of ownership there. Yeah. Yeah. So, and like, so... And it was probably the best thing that I ever did because it made me really confront that element of shame. Mm. And made me sort of really look at myself and and accept who I was Mm. Um, because I was standing there looking in the mirror and I was looking at a man in a dress and that was fucking hard yeah yeah so it was a it was a brutal way of doing it I probably wouldn't recommend it to people but it was something that I had to do for me it was um it was the thing that I needed to do to overcome my own internal struggles. Okay. And um, you mentioned, Ali, when we were chatting at the beach, the rehab, you did six months at a Byron? Three months. Three months. Three months, yeah, at, at Byron Rehab. How was that? How was that experience for you? It was really, it was good, and that was probably the catalyst of that self-acceptance even when i was up there they were sort of they kept pushing at me about my past and being transgender and i was just pushing back and i'm like nah nah i don't want to have a bar of this um i spent even though i was up there working on myself and trying to sort of obviously undo traumas from a child from the abuse that i'd gone through then the trauma of the military and the things that i'd partaking in and and seen and so forth like that and experienced um i still really wasn't ready to confront part of me yet Mm. and but by going up and doing all that work that i did do when i came back it's sort of like there was this little voice that just sort of kept niggling at the back of my mind it just kept going and going and going and i was still running i was still trying to run away from it for a while um I was going to the gym harder and I actually, I even took another step like to try and run away from it even further. I went on testosterone to try and basically even thinking by if I increase my own testosterone, I can make this go away. So it's a a constant fight. It's a massive fight. And so if you, like I've partaken in everything that you possibly can do to try and outrun what this is inside of me. Um, But the more I did, the worse it got. So for me, going on to steroids, the bigger I got, the more the dysphoria would play out as well because you're getting further away from you yeah exactly yeah and um yeah it was sort of it was a really it's you would think that the like the testosterone by increasing the testosterone would increase that hormonal side for me and, and sort of but it didn't it sort of it literally brought out the other side even more so so the the feminine element of myself was yelling even louder yeah, and louder. Yeah, and sort of the more I try and silence it, the louder it gets. Mm. Um, that makes a lot of sense to me yeah. too. So, Ellie, I've got this theory if you 
if your thoughts are focused towards the past, um, it's more centred around depression, whereas if you're always trying to line things up and then I'll be happy, it's more anxiety. Mm -hmm. So would you say you've lent more towards if struggles have been with anxiety? Yeah, now they are. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, anxiety's got a lot worse. Yeah. So now that's becoming an, another thing to deal with. <laughs> right, as we speak. Yeah. 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 So it's sort of, um, I think even now I have a life to lose. Okay. So that's sort of, you know the story about how I had, like, recently I had the heart attack. Yeah. So yeah, share with oh. share with them. Yeah, so well, well, back earlier this year, uh, um, it, it sort of it started back in May, or I actually probably started uh, uh, coming back from the rehab. Started getting chest symptoms and things like that, and I was going to the hospital, and basically they everything looked all right, and they kept telling me that I was fine. Um, then this went on for sort of a bit over probably 18 months after the rehab and then in July this year I was at the I was at the gym I still enjoy the gym um I was at CrossFit and started getting really bad chest pains so I pushed through (laughs) and completed completed the workout um stupid um but then I got home and it got worse and I took myself to the hospital, drove myself to the hospital, as you do, mm. and found out that I was having a mild heart attack. Oh, wow. Um, and that has been an absolute... That's been, for me, absolutely terrifying. Previously, I wouldn't have cared because I didn't have something to lose. Now I do. Now I've, I've, like, I've found this life for myself where I'm accepted... I'm not only accepted, I've got people that like me. Beautiful. I've got, like, groups of friends and the friendship, like, my group of friends is only growing sort of thing like that and that's all just because I'm being me. So then all of a sudden I'm like, shit, I don't I don't want to die. I don't want to lose this life that I'm... So then the anxiety now comes on. So now I've I'm, I'm got this battle. I'm waiting to get bypass surgery um to sort of fix and the reason there was two paths for me when i was in hospital they they obviously offered me a stent to open the blockage in my heart i did some research and worked out that i didn't want to do the stent path um being obviously on hormone replacement therapy and being that there may be other surgeries that I may want in the future, being transgender, like may want to go down the whole gender reassignment path or something like that, puts a lot of complexities in there because you have to take um, dual antiplatelet medications. So those antiplatelet medications are like really strong blood thinners and things. So the and having that stent if you don't take them the stent can actually then basically the body can reject the stent and overgrow it and cause a blockage anyway so so i had to go down the bypass um route sort of thing like that and so waiting on doing that and so whilst i'm waiting on getting bypass i'm living with this blockage in my heart and sort of sitting there going oh shit i'm i'm scared now i'm mm. like i've got this i've got this life that i don't want to lose that i've i've built and 
I finally got to a point that I accept myself mm. and I'm terrified of losing it now. So, yeah, like when you bring up about that anxiety side of things, it's mm. very much hits home at the moment. I don't think mm. I shared with you that day. Danny was there when Dad had a mild heart attack <coughs> and didn't know for three days. But he said to me afterwards, son, it like, knocked my confidence around. Mm. You know, it really... Um, yeah, for a little, for a period of time, he's wasn't sure, you know. That yeah. The, I guess because you've never experienced it before, I, I can't even imagine how much how much toll that would take on a person when your body lets you know, hang on, you're not what you once were, or whatever way you want to think about it. You got to be mindful of it. Yeah, you do, and like. For me, it's, at the moment, it's taken away. Like, I, I enjoy fitness. Mm. It's taken away that side of it for me. So, I'm even my, my walks on the beach are limited. Yeah. Until, oh, yeah, until I have this surgery done, sort of. Okay. So, because mine was, it's, you've got two types of different heart attacks. Um, they're called a STEMI and a non-STEMI. One's, like, basically... Uh, a non-STEMI is induced by the heart not getting enough blood supply from, like mine was whilst at the gym. So I, I'm doing a full-blown cardio workout. The heart's going too hard and there's a blockage there and there's just not enough blood supply getting to it. And so then it, it's doing damage to the heart, but it hasn't been caused by an irregularity in the heartbeats and things like that. So... It doesn't show up. You can only measure it by, I think, the blood enzyme levels. Yep. So you can't see it on an ECG. Yep. That's why they didn't pick it up. Yeah. That's why they don't, yeah, they can't pick it up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's what I've got to be careful of at the moment is that anything that I do, now that I've done that, anything that I do, if I'm like my, um, like, BPM increases really easily at the moment. Even just doing my bloody hair now, I can jump up to 150 beats a minute just doing my hair, where that would be, for me, that was part of a workout. So it's substantially changed how everything works. Yeah, because you've always looked after yourself. Yeah. Um, Heroes. Who have been some of your heroes growing up and now or...? I think for me, like, growing up, there was, like, probably none of you will ever know who this is. There's this lady called Caroline Cosy. Who's Caroline Cosy? So she was a Bond girl. Okay. She was the Which first. Which Bond? <clears throat> and this is... The Sean Connery Bond? I think it might have, might have been. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And... But she was the... Like, this is one of the reasons how I ended up learning about being about what transgender is is that um she was basically the one of the first trans women that actually yeah yeah so you you look she's absolutely stunning um looking it up up right now yeah so yeah she was a so that was for me I, i remember seeing it in a magazine as a kid and i'm like oh my god so you could do this. Um, and so if you talk about heroes, I think, like, her and being able to actually... Um, yep. So she was transgender? Yeah, she's trans, yeah. Goodness me. Okay. 
Yep. Yeah. So, and I, I look at that and I'm like, that's that's a hero to me. That's somebody yep. mm. that actually, she had the guts to actually go ahead and be herself, um, all things damned. I think from memory, like reading her story, she ran away from home. So, like, her family weren't accepting either in that regard. But she went off and went and lived life and basically transitioned and cultivated a life for herself where she became an actress and she became a Bond girl. That's, that's, that's insane, isn't it? Is. Mm. Okay, any other ones? Carolyn, because that's obviously a good one. Yeah, that, yeah. I think that was probably a, very inspiring. A, a big one for me. Um, probably not too many, really, no. Yep. Nothing that really sticks to mind like that. When you said that, that's probably, yep. for me, that was the biggest sort of one. Powering. Yeah. Um, are you aware of Dave Chappelle and his yep. war with the transgender community? I don't think he's got a war with them. He doesn't. He, he's One of his best friends <coughs> is transgender, but he loves goading him because oh, he does because they bite. Look, what yeah, do you make of that? I think that if some people need to learn to just stop taking the bait. Mm. Um, I don't see that and I don't see what he says is wrong because sometimes it's okay like mm. it's a it's a difficult one like people are very quick to call everything transphobic these days okay so <clears throat> where I I've experienced <laughs> listening into it Siri yeah. um no, I've experienced what, like, actual transphobia is. Most people are just a little bit ignorant. Mm. I don't think, I think <coughs> these days especially, majority of people maybe might not get something right, the first, but they don't do it intentionally. They don't have the intent to actually cause harm. Mm. And I think that's a really big thing to understand, like, what's the intent behind what a person's doing? That's cool, though, that you're giving people that leeway there. Cause I think you need to, though. You do. We, we, yeah. I mean, everyone does. But, yeah. Like, should I get things wrong? Me too. Mm. All so the time. it's sort of like if I'm not perfect, how can I expect everybody else to be perfect? Yeah. How can I expect to hold them to a standard far above one that I can't even reach myself? Perfect. So I think... But you can look. You can tell the difference between somebody who's just being a downright dick. Mm. Um, Dave Chappelle, like Dave Chappelle, like even I listened to that thing. Mm. There was nothing in mm. that segment that I, I believe was he was not actually out to have a go at anybody. Mm. He's just sick of basically being called out because he makes jokes. That's right. Yeah. Shit, I make jokes. <clears throat> yeah. Um, what else is I going to say? Dano, you've got a question. I know you've got uh, I'm, I'm pretty uh, ignorant in a lot of ways. I think if, if something doesn't affect you directly, you don't really research it or look into it or anything. But we were on the we- I was on the website last week and I, was, I spoke to James and Kate about it before he met you. And, yeah. and I said, and it said, um, you know, the cancelling one. And, uh, you know, you got to fill out the form. And the first one was gender. And you click on it and it gives you... Uh, your options and it's like male and there was 32 32 genders where was this on? so Straight what I'd done was when I heard we were coming in today <laughs> I wrote them down oh yeah. my god listen 
Yeah, so just... So I was wondering if you could sort of educate us a bit this here. There's a lot of stuff on here I don't know. We'll roll them out, Dano. Actually, uh, yeah, actually, you have a look. Have a look first. Actually, just on the other page. There's a two-page. That is a two-pager. Oh, really? Yeah. All right, so... There must be some... Do you know all of them? All right, yeah, no, I know straight off the bat, like, a fair bit of what they've got going on here. Some of them I, I get confused with. Like, obviously, straight off the bat, you got your male and female. Male and female, yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> trans man, trans woman. All right, I'm yep. a trans woman. Yep. So, or you got your trans person, trans... Like, so those top few are all They're pretty much all the same. Yeah. They're all the same. Um, an interesting one that you've got on there, which you've written down, you've written down transsexual. Yep, I'm just repeating. No, no, no. Yeah. I like I like that we brought that up because <clears throat> the the current term at the moment is transgender. Yep. But the reality being is like language is important and I think mm. language is wrong because for me my gender hasn't changed. But I'm changing my sex. So I'm actually transitioning my sex from male to female. Yeah. Because like the gender is supposed to be like what's between your ears so that hasn't changed for me in regards like ever since i was a kid i've known that or i felt that i was a girl yep so transsexual was an old word that was that was the original terminology that then got cancelled because it had the word sex in it mm. um but it's probably the most accurate out of it so, because I don't actually transition my gender, and that's what trans is, trans to transition your sex. Sexuality, yeah. Yeah, so um, where I don't transition my gender. Yep. Mm. So, um, yep. so yep. that's that one. So obviously cisgender, I'm not a big fan of this one. Um, cisgender is obviously gender conforming. So a person that is male, born male, but identifies as male. I'm like, why make a word fucking confusing? Yeah. So how about Thank like you. I I don't see the point. I don't I don't like it. I'm I know who I am. I'm trans. Why does somebody else have to have a label just because I've got one? Mm. Like a label doesn't define me, doesn't mm. make me anything. I define who I am myself in that regard. So um Gender non-conforming, that obviously makes its own sense. You're just not conforming. So I'm gender non-conforming yeah. because I'm trans. Mm. Um, non-binary, obviously that's somebody... It's a, it's a, it seems to be a relatively new... Yeah, that one lost me. I, yeah, wasn't sure. I'm a little bit lost by it as well in the, in the context that growing up, I always knew that I was, well, I always felt female. And so the whole idea of transitioning was going from male to female mm. and being able to move across and relate with women and interact with women and have relationships with women. And it's like, why would I want to transition to nothing? Mm. So what, to move into no man's land. And that's what I sort of, I don't, I don't understand the non-binary movement per se mm. um, but that because I don't maybe because I don't experience I don't know I mm. don't mm. it seems to be a relatively new sort of thing I think that it more seems to encapsulate people that 
say um, effeminate gay they more maybe describe themselves now as non-binary oh, okay. because they're not fitting the gender stereotypical male or female role and they're also like they're they've got the sexuality side as well being gay so for them they seem to make that it seems to be something that works for them so i get from that perspective where it might be applicable but it doesn't sort of seem to fit for myself yep um yeah some of them like demi gen demi girl demi like i don't understand anything. gender fluid what's that yeah i was wondering about that one because <laughs> Gen- i reckon i might fall under that flexible yeah yeah that, that's all, <laughs> that's that's pretty much what gender fluid is is um but it's more you'll find that it's somebody that does float oh a floater so yeah yeah floater. fashion floater does yeah, okay. yeah. it mean like um like a bisexual no no so what you more you may find somebody that they may present one day more masculine and then another day they may feel more feminine and they sort of um oh okay okay. gotcha they 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 sort of are back and forth and and i think some of that utility yeah i i think so um but i think most of us do that to some degree Mm. so even i do like yeah, my son, he's got two kids and he wears um, nail polish. He puts nail yeah. polish on and he goes, hey, man, it's cool. Yeah. Because mm. so, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And I, I think that we all we all do, like I have days that I will be much more feminine. Yeah. yeah. And I really want to wear, like... Flowing the, dress. I want, yeah, I want to wear a nice dress and I want my makeup to be nicer. Yeah. Um, then I'll have definitely days where a flanny and a pair of jeans is quite fine. Yep. So it, it sort of just depends. So yep. um, I think, but in the regards to, yeah, um, in regards to the sort of gender fluid, they morph, go back and forth between male, female, quite overtly. Yep. Okay. And what else? So we've got the demis. Mm, no idea. Not sure. Get on the back. Just to uh, round. Um, okay, so intersexed. So intersexed is the being born with either genitalia that yeah. is not quite uh, developed. Yep. yep. So, um, or otherwise is it basically chromosomally. Okay. So you have people that are um, born, they may be born male, but they may be born male, but their actual chromosomally female. Yep. Or they'll have an extra, they may be Something extra on the Y. Yeah, that's right. Um, so they hold sort of different chromosome patterns. So there is quite a, basically within sex itself, sex, like you've got people that just go, oh, it's just men and women. There's only two sexes. Like, no, there is actually... Uh, quite a few deviations away from the standard pattern mm. then they're rare yes they are they're incredibly rare but it does occur it does exist exactly mm. it. so see learning yeah um I have no idea what is it I, I knew there'd be one or something I've on there got, you wouldn't know yeah. I've got I'm looking at it going and you know what shits me on there? Where does it say human? 
Well, that's, that's what I am. That's, that's what exactly. we all are. I'm a fucking human being. That's it. Anyway, that, um, is there any more questions, Cherry? Cherry? Um, well, I just, just wanted to say, um, you know, I think I'll just say you were saying before that um, you, you're loving life at the moment. You've got a new community. Yeah. And, and, I, and I thought, wow, wow, that's really cool. I mean, um, apart from the, well, the heart thing, but you've got a community down here. So that means um, things are working out for you. Things are incredible down here. Fantastic. I can't quite hear. It sounds like I'm really... Yeah, uh, I don't know what's going on there. Let me just check. So lean in and speak. Is that a bit... No, it's sort of still... Yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah. It sort of was really quite echoing. Yeah, I noticed that. Um, Yeah, just lean right in when you speak. Okay, we'll get in right... That's better. We'll get up right up close. Yeah. Um... Yeah, being like having that community now is incredible. Yeah. So I absolutely love it down here. And and is that Karen? Is it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sort of. That makes me proud. Yeah. Karen's awesome. Like. Makes me really proud. I bought friends down there recently and sort of, let's go for a walk along the beach. And they're like, Jesus Christ, who don't you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is like that, isn't it? And the little kitchen. What is it? Yeah. The, the kitchen container. Kitchen. Oh, that's, yeah. that's awesome. Keep it quiet. Keep yeah. it quiet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tourists coming yeah. somewhere. Oh, that buddy. Yeah. Not taking over our Tent city. <clears throat> yeah. No, that's good. So you're, are you, you're happy. Yeah. I'm you're, incredibly happy. That's good. Awesome, so like, you see me down the beach I'm always got a smile on my yeah. face and I'm always standing around having a chat with somebody sort of thing like that and so I'm there's just, no going back nah, okay. nah that's no, it no, no I love it and that's so, the best part of the story yeah, yeah. no it's really just embracing life and mm. yeah now it's sort of getting on with living look there's still more journeys to be had for me now as well like it's you touched on something before when you spoke about sexuality. Like, I still don't actually know. That was my question. That. So, are you gonna? Uh, are you on the market? And if you are, are you looking to settle down <laughs> with a man or a woman? Well, see, yes. In regards, I, I think maybe coming up towards being on the market, but like I've been very sort of keeping off just about being for me and mm. getting sort of more into my own skin and getting comfortable with myself and, and sort of taking the time for, for me. Um, in regards to partners, I don't know. Yep. I'm like, this has been the first time where I've actually been able to experience like taking those walls down. And with doing that has enabled me to then look at things differently where... I was saying earlier on in the piece that I was, when I was young, I was constantly picked on for being gay. Mm. So I was like, I'm not fucking gay. Mm. So then the idea of basically maybe being with a man was really quite, I had a really big, massive like block to that. Um, where now I'm actually sitting back and going, well, maybe I think guys are quite cute. Mm. So getting it, being able to just now accept life for on its own terms and being okay with that side of things and being open to explore what there is to offer. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> same with also my, what I used to think that I was attracted to females, I think I've more come back to that 
I think I just liked being close to females because mm. I was living vicariously through them. Mm. Yeah. So, um, and if you can't, as I was saying to you early on, if you, if I'm not living as a woman, you can't really be one of the girls and you can't be that intimate with them. Um, so the next best thing is to date them. You get to be close with them. Yeah, it makes so much sense. So, yeah. So watch this space. Pretty much. Like, yeah, it's a little bit of exploration. But we are going to see you swinging hands with someone on the beach at some stage. Oh, maybe at some stage. (laughs) I bloody hope so. I'm going to be single forever. Yeah, that's right. Uh, This has been incredible. Um, I just wanted to learn today. How excited were we? I was very excited, yeah. I was just interested and just learning new things and... um, because the truth is, Simi, we're starting to get clients yeah, yeah. come through that are uh, transgender or struggling with their yeah. own. Uh, and I thought to myself, Jesus, this is an opportunity to understand a little bit more than we did yeah. previously. And, and also understanding other sides of being human, you know? You know, just, just all different um, perspectives. I think that's the best, I think, viewpoint Yeah, is... That we are all just human, correct, and that this is just another element of the human condition. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Yeah. It's it sort of, I think that's taken me a long time to get as well. It's just, and uh, like I was, you look at people today, young people, and say, be envious of how what, what they've got that you didn't have. But oh, the yeah. truth is, uh, now that you're feeling good about yourself and where you are, you probably wouldn't have changed a thing. No, no, I, I think that my journey had to be my journey. And you're a real pioneer. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that. Yeah. But would you say, would you say that um, the journey to where you are now, it, it had to happen? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Fantastic. And look, I was talking to my son about this the other night. I wouldn't change any of it because if I changed any aspect of it, mm. I wouldn't have my children. Now, yeah, being yeah. being trans, I can't have my own children. Like, being trans woman, we can't. As much as some people out there might be delusional to think that they could get pregnant, no, we can't. Um, so, it's... I've got the gift of being able to have children even though I could never... Like, basically, I could never carry a child as a female. So... Um, for me to, to turn back time and maybe say I've not detransitioned the first time, I wouldn't have two amazing children. Yeah. So I would have lost all of that and like I couldn't think of life without them. Yeah. They're the most the biggest gifts that we ever get. And yeah. yeah. Um well said Ali. Um I gotta ask you, Caitlin Jenner. What what <laughs> what what, tell me what you tell me what you think. Tell me what come up for you as soon as I said that name. Um, icon, I mean, she is an icon. That's yeah, one yeah. my dad really struggled with. Really, not, yeah. not not because of the sexuality, just the fact that he would pump him up. As this man was a decathlon, was it? A yeah, decathlon. Yeah, he's on yeah. the Wheaties. It was this and that. Yeah. Next thing is like dad was like, wow. Ah, uh, see. That's one side of the, I guess, community that I don't sometimes get. Maybe that's just my own not exp- 
lacking in exposure to different people. Um, like I know I've transitioned multiple times, but for me, the journey started as a kid. Mm. Um, sometimes I don't understand when people turn around and say that, oh, they didn't, oh, they knew that there was something wrong, but they didn't know what it was. I'm like, oh, how could you not know? It was so fucking loud in my head. Mm. Like it was, it was dominating from, but that's my own experience. So I don't, I don't know. Um, then I'm not a big fan of the Kardashians either. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Ali, thank you so much for coming on the show. I knew it was good. You know, two, two hours. Two gone. hours. Wow. Quick. Yeah, uh, it feels like you've, there's plenty more to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, we might have to do a part two in a couple of years. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 A follower. Cause Good, I, you're so. like, there's probably like the emotional challenges is, is something that I'll like Whoa. yeah well there you go we could do another one just <laughs> yeah. talking about that yeah that'd be actually an interesting one like between yourself as a parent and like what you've gone through and then myself what sort of just between those two things yeah um, and that would I think would be an interesting sort of mm. conversation to be had oh yeah there was a lot of raw emotion in the room today oh yeah, there it was, was. Like, you, yeah. I'll you bring it. broke me there yeah I'll bring some tissues <laughs> next time yeah please yeah. Uh, yeah incredible but uh, I um, just before we close out I did a session with one of my favourite fellas I work with in Bowen Prison Maximum Security and I said to him oh we've got a good podcast coming up this week and I explained it to him and he goes Oh, you're going to create some noise with this one, mate. Really? Yeah, in yeah. a really positive way. He <laughs> yeah. said this will be good. So I think it's been great. I hope everyone enjoys it as much as we have enjoyed having you on, Ali. And uh, yeah, I'll um, I'll see you at the beach as David has off. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you for having Thank me. Thank you. I really Thanks, Ali. Thanks. Hi, this is Matt Joe Gow, and you're listening to Radio Karam, which is local community internet radio. And uh, we were having a chat about community radio earlier and how important it is to Melbourne, how important it is to the scene here, the music scene, but also the wider community. So check out Radio Karam, tune in. Oi, 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 oi. IGA is shopping nights. IGA, where the price is right. Seaford North IGA, for your groceries and liquor. IGA Express, there's nothing quicker. Come on, Freddy's Kitchen in Station Street for a coffee and something nice to eat yeah the yeah, pizzas are great in fact all the food rates down at freddy's caram caram station street come on come on come on down to freddy's now come on come on come on down to freddy's now it's a pizza it's a mystic pizza